reminding you to tell your friends about Pathways Radio and Podcast. And thanks again to Gay Hendricks. Thank you, Gay. And to all of you listeners for tuning in and being a part of the Pathways Conversation. Listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM, also heard at Translator K220HR Hood River at 91.9 FM and Translator K282BH in Philomath at 104.3 FM. And we're streaming at the top. Tune in to Gayboo every fourth Friday of the month at 8 p.m. for Squirrel Snow, the show where we broadcast galactic awareness, animal awareness, where we have fascinating conversations with movers and shakers in the fields of galactic awareness and animal awareness, and we play music that can raise our frequency of consciousness. Yeah, that is Squirrel Snow every fourth Friday of the month at 8 p.m. here on your community radio station, KBOO, Portland. The following program is a rebroadcast. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO, Portland. Ciao a tutti, buongiorno e buona domenica. And uh, that was a recording, uh, in case I couldn't make it, but it, it is uh, January 14th, 2024, and I am live. Uh, hi, uh, this is the Italian Hour, Lore Italiana on KBO, and this is your host, Andrea Scasso. Today, I will have a guest, Carlo Manocci, who was the first, the very first consul here in the Portland area, Italian consul. And uh, I'll be putting him on the phone shortly. I'm going to start with a song that was uh, one of his favorites, or is one of his favorites, should I say. And it's uh, Domenico Modugno with uh, Vecchio Frac. Mezzanotte si spengono i rumori, si spegne anche l'insegna di quell'ultimo caffè. Le strade sono deserte, deserte e silenziose. Un'ultima carrozza cigolando se ne va. Il fiume scorre lento, frusciando sotto i ponti. La luna splende in cielo, dorme tutta la città. Solo va. Al cilindro per cappello, due diamanti per gemelli, un bastone di cristallo, la gardenia nell'occhiello e sul candido gilet. Un papillon, un papillon di seta blu. 
s'avvicina lentamente con incedere elegante all'aspetto trasognato, malinconico ed assente, non si sa da dove viene, né dove va, di chi sarà quel vecchio fra. Bonui, 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 buona notte. Va dicendo ad ogni cosa, ai fanali illuminati, ad un gatto innamorato che randagio se ne va. Ormai l'aurora si spengono i fanali, si sveglia poco a poco tutta quanta la città. La luna si è incantata, sorpresa e impallidita, pian piano scolorandosi nel cielo sparirà. Sbadiglia una finestra sul fiume silenzioso e nella luce bianca galleggiando se ne va. Galleggiando dolcemente, lasciandosi cullare, se ne scende lentamente sotto i ponti verso il mare, verso il mare se ne va. Di chi sarà? Di chi sarà? Quel vecchio fra. Adieu, 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 addio al mondo. Ai ricordi del passato, ad un sogno mai sognato, ad un abito da sposa, prima ed ultimo suo amore. Questo era Domenico Modugno con Vecchio Frac e al telefono dovremmo avere Carlo Mannocci. Buongiorno. Vediamo se si sente. Qua forse su questo. Pronto? Mi senti? No, no, no. no. Allora, vediamo un po' cosa ho sbagliato qua. Mi senti adesso? Eh, eh no, quello l'avevo messo. <ride> ok, problemi tecnici qua in stazione. Aspetta, uno è premuto uno dovrebbe andare su TT1 ma non si sente allora proviamo qualcosa qualche altro qua ah telefono scusa ho sbagliato io madonna pronto mi senti? Sì, ti sento ah perfetto scusa ho sbagliato problemi tecnici qua era un eh. po' di tempo che non mettevo nessuno dal vivo in stazione non sapevo che pulsante premere bene ok tutto a posto ci siamo allora innanzitutto buongiorno e buon anno a buongiorno. te Carlo ah buon compleanno grazie grazie e in effetti è oggi sì buongiorno, grazie grazie tutto cuore 
Allora, ehm, Carlo, allora, innanzitutto ehm, beh, grazie di tutto per essere venuto qua. Poi faremo magari un po' in italiano, un po' in inglese, così. Sai, se faccio in italiano eh, la gente non capisce, tanti non capiscono. Se faccio in inglese tutti mi dicono fai in italiano che vogliamo sentire l'italiano e così, vabbè. Facciamo un po' da metà in metà. Metà dai. in metà, perfetto. Ok, allora, ehm, partiamo un po' con... Um, la domanda classica che facciamo agli italiani, come sei finito in, negli Stati Uniti e in Oregon? E, 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 qua, e quando? La storia è un po' lunga, comunque cerco di dartela in succinto. Dunque, io sono emigrato negli Stati Uniti nel 1953. Mia moglie, pur essendo vivendo in Italia, era cittadina americana, sicché il mio suocero e mio padre a quei tempi nel 1953 l'Italia non era quella di oggi e ci convinsero a tornare, cioè a venire di nuovo in America dove lei era nata però era venuta in Italia da ragazzina e siamo venuti in America e siamo andati a finire nel Rhode Island a Wonsacket che è un nome indiano dove l'80% della popolazione è di origine canadese e francese perciò eh, senti più parlare il francese che l'inglese comunque io ho trovato subito il lavoro come si faceva allora sugli zii a darsi da fare e ho tirato avanti per un anno finché e me lo sono ricordato dopo fui chiamato alla, alla leva perché ero cittad- avevo la carta verde e a quel tempo i, i residenti con la carta verde avevano il dovere di fare il militare perché c'era ancora la leva a quel tempo, ora non c'è più che è tutto volontario ma allora Perciò... permettimi di interromperti e raccontare, magari raccontiamo questo in inglese secondo me è una storia molto interessante sì. che mi dicevi che tu sei stato uno degli ultimi ok, I'm going to switch to English because this is a... we're going to do a yeah. little bit of English, a little bit of Italian and again I have um, Carlo uh, if I remember right your middle name, Ilio, right? Ilio, Carlo Ilio Manocci, yes, who was uh, the very first uh, Italian consul here to the Portland area, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but he told me he was one of the very f- uh, last people to go through Ellis Island. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that happened? That's correct. I arrived, actually, there is something else that is interesting. I came from Italy with the Andrea Doria. Andrea <laughs> Doria, wow. Nantucket, probably historically. A beautiful, beautiful was almost brand new. I think it was uh, the fourth or fifth uh, trip I was making. When we arrived in New York, they took us to uh, those, you know, not the Americans, but the immigrants, and they took us to Ellis Island for processing. And this was July. 23rd, 1953, and in October they closed Ellis Island totally, it became a monument, a museum actually. I so have, I have I, visited, I had no idea that you went through it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was told then that due to the fact that I had a green card and I was a permanent resident of the United States, I was also subject to the draft at that time You know, all American, uh, young American, when they get to 21, they were subject to the draft. So okay. I said, but I already served in Italian Air Force 
for for 18 months. So they say, well, we will verify this fact, and in fact, we'll we'll let you know. But the call arrived. I was sent to Fort Dix, New Jersey. I went through training, and one day I was called by the company commander, and I was told that they had verified my statement. It was correct, and I was free to go anytime. Mm-hmm. And I recall that I asked, may I have 24 hours to think about it? Mm. And he said, yes, sure, come back tomorrow, more or less at the same time. I did, and I actually started my 23 years Army career Mm-mm. by saying, yes, I don't want to go home. Wow, 23 years. Well, I just found out something that something that uh, we share. Um, I also served in the Italian Air Force. Uh, was mandatory yeah. for uh, at uh, my time too. But uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, tell us a little bit uh, then how you made it to um, Oregon. Well, I w- I was uh, actually uh, uh, my my wife passed away. Uh, mm. She had something real bad. So I remarried, mm-hmm. and my my second wife was uh, an army colonel, mm. female. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, no, she was authoritarian, but she was a very nice lady, and she was she was from Chicago originally, but she loved the Northwest. And so happened that at that time, in my last three or four years in the Army, I was training the reserve all over the United States, including Panama Canal, uh, Hawaii, Alaska. So I came to Seattle a couple of times, and I decided to, uh, to take a, a leave you know, for 10 days and rented a car, and I drove all the way from Seattle to Medford to see what it was the best place to uh, retire. And I did, I did like sailing. Uh, don't ask me the reason, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, they, it was centrally located, close to the mountain, close to the uh, coast. And so I bought a house in Salem. And we both retired in 1977 and came over to, uh, mm. to Salem. Uh, but the retired life was not for me. So one day I was going by the post office. I saw the sign say hiring. I went in and five days later I was working for the United States Postal <laughs> Service. So I became a mailman, which I never regret because I did more miles during those 13 years that I have done for the rest of my life. You know, I didn't like the delivery by truck, so I was having what they call a walking round, mm. which has probably kept me good until today. So basically, then I retire, and but retirement is, uh, you know, I didn't have any satisfaction because what are you going to do? Everybody worked during the day. So I did start teaching Italian and how to get by in Italy, which was my successful uh, line of lecture indicating don't do this, do that, you know, and a little bit of geography. And so it happened that a local agency make a, sort of offered me a deal 
to organize tours of Tuscany. I said, mm -hmm. I'm not going to organize tour of Italy. I like Tuscany because I'm from Lucca, mm -hmm. and I know that area real well. So I did. And I regret only that having started earlier because that was very, very successful. It was um, a, a good uh, financial, uh, you know, what you say, reward, and also a lot of personal satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't wait to go visit Luca. It's one of the places in Italy. Yeah. Well, one of yeah. the many places I haven't visited, but um, I hear it's a really special place. It's an. It's in the next uh, tour, but you want to come to see me. Yeah, too. yeah, I need to tour a little bit more. You know, fortunately, unfortunately, I still have family there, so I end up going always to see family, and then I don't get to travel as much as I wish. But uh, yeah, well, d definitely. Hey, all the listeners, let's all go all to see uh, Carlo when he goes to Italy. Then we'll talk a little bit where where you're going. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe here, maybe I'll put uh, one song since you did pick a few songs that you like to to play so we'll take a, a quick break with uh, music and yeah. uh, I had uh, Domenico Modugno with uh, Vecchio Frac and how about l'italiano so we we're talking about Italy it's uh, oh, Modugno with uh, l'italiano ok tu resta resta in linea perché forse non, non ci riusciamo a sentire sopra qualche minuto e ah, io sono qui non vado da nessuno perfetto ok tra qualche minuto lasciatemi cantare con la chitarra in mano Lasciatemi cantare Sono un italiano Un giorno Italia gli spaghetti al dente E un partigiano come presidente Con l'autoradio sempre nella mano destra Un canarino sopra la finestra Italia con i tuoi artisti, con troppa America sui manifesti, con le canzoni, con amore, con il cuore, con più donne sempre meno suore. Buongiorno Italia, buongiorno Maria, con gli occhi pieni di malinconia, buongiorno Dio, sai che ci sono anch'io. Lasciatemi cantare con la chitarra in mano, lasciatemi cantare una canzone piano piano, lasciatemi cantare perché ne sono fiero, sono un italiano, un italiano vero. che non si spaventa con la crema da barba la menta con un vestito gessato sul blu e la moviola la domenica in tv buongiorno Italia col caffè ristretto le calze nuove nel primo cassetto con la bandiera in tintoria e una 600 giù di carrozzeria Italia, buongiorno Maria, con gli occhi pieni di malinconia, buongiorno Dio, lo sai che ci sono anch'io. 
Lasciatemi cantare con la chitarra in mano Lasciatemi cantare una canzone piano piano Lasciatemi cantare perché ne sono fiero Sono un italiano, un italiano vero Perché ne sono fiero, sono un italiano, un italiano vero. You're listening to Italian Hour on KBOO 90.7 FM in Portland and 104.3 in Corvallis and 91.9 in Hood River. I have uh, here on uh, the telephone, Carlo Manocci, di nuovo buongiorno. Buongiorno. Di nuovo, ok. Uh, so I had, uh, well, non so, adesso non so neanche se parlare in italiano o in inglese, cosa facciamo? Quello è, è, tocca a te decidere. Beh, tocca a me. Ok, um, no, volevo parlare magari un po', sì, di come sei diventato console, um, quella storia là. Um, facciamo, facciamo in inglese, eh, così tutti sentono, dai. Sì. Okay, we'll switch to English. Uh, so we'll cover how uh, Carlo became uh, the very, I believe, the very first uh, Italian no, consul. No. It was a consul, but many, many years ago, and since his death, was never replaced. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, let's say the, the, the first one of the modern era. <laughs> let's put yeah, it that way. But call it that way. <laughs> the new generation. Anyway, I, what happened is that... Uh, in 1958, when I became a U.S. citizen, I lost automatically my Italian citizenship. There was no such a thing as a double, a dual citizenship. So in 1992, the Italian Parliament passed a law granting, uh, you know, that those who were possible to obtain the double citizenship because also the United States was uh, not admitting a dual citizenship until there was a lot of pressure from the uh, Jewish lobby for the citizen of Israel that have immigrated from, Ethiopia, from America to Israel and they want to maintain double citizen, you know, the dual citizenship. So. Uh, they reinstate this law even in Italy, and the only thing was required at that time was to go to the consulate, in this case San Francisco, and uh, just uh, basically it was a form that you sign and automatically they give you back your citizenship, which I did. And the lady that was interviewing me, 
uh, ask uh, all of a sudden, how would you like to be uh, the honorary vice consul of Portland? And it was sort of a, you know, uh, hit in the face because I didn't expect to say, well, there is only one thing, one caveat. I live in Salem, Oregon, so it's about 40 miles away. And I, I say, but if, if you think that I would do a good job, I'll take it. You know, I accept the position. I went through the, you know, the bureau, bureaucratic mm -hmm. uh, processing because having been a military in the U.S. Army, I needed permission from the Secretary of Defense to be working, mm. called working uh, without pay for a foreign government, and I did. I actually, I even received a commendation letter from the Secretary of Defense saying, well, that they were pleased that I was selected, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I did start, and uh, at that time I had an office at uh, Bartoloni, uh, Bartoloni office. At that time he was independent. And, and I went through uh, quite a few experiences, uh, which is uh, too long to recall, but they've given me a, a, good, a good knowledge of uh, uh, the, the consular system, like having somebody killed in an accident, and uh, father and mother killed, and the children mm. uh, uh, in Idaho in a road accident, mm. and the processing you, you had to, but anyway, it's too long to say, but those are the things that are, uh, are impressive. And another one was uh, a strike of the, uh, what they call the longshoremen in Portland that refused to, were refusing to download uh, the Italian uh, merchant uh, marine mm. uh, vessel that comes uh, at that my time was coming every month with the grana, padano, the wines, and the, the, you know, all that stuff. And the ambassador of Italy called me personally and he said, if you don't, if they don't do something, the, uh, the owner of the line will cancel the stop in Portland. So mm -hmm. I went to the, to the port, talked to the union, uh, boss, whoever it was, and I said, look, if you like to have your job next month, every month to unload, it better you unload it now because they're going to cancel it. So about two hours later, they gave me an answer that they would have unloaded the same <laughs> say, hey, could have offered some good uh, Grana Padano, right. maybe a little <laughs> bottle of Lambrusco. And <laughs> yeah, no, no. For that reason... Uh, I was recommended to be made Cavaliere, and the ambassador personally upgraded to Commendatore. Okay. Yeah, I still have, <laughs> I don't even have the, the big uh, uh, diploma yet because I gave it to my nephew, the only nephew I have mm. in Australia, so I keep it as soon as I never used the word that. that uh, you know, a lot of people like Cavaliere. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't have a, a horse. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned you know, a lot of work, too. Uh, you know, sounds like a, a fancy title to have, but uh, at the end of the day, you guys, uh, you, and I'd like to thank, obviously, you 
and also uh, Andrea Bartoloni and now Vitas Babushis is the current one. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work, and basically, you're telling the Italian government doesn't even reimburse you for the office or anything, even for no, office no. supplies or anything. So, it's uh, yeah. Th thank you from from everybody in the community. You guys do great thank work. Thank you. Uh, personal, you know, that dedication to the Italians, which I, you know, the Portland community in the Portland Italian community or Italian American community in Portland is a beautiful community. There is only one thing that I experienced while I was there that they had too much campanilismo. Campanilismo, yes. Uh, you know what the word is in Italian. You like your bells only. The other, the other town bells are not a sound, a uh, good sound like yours. And this is uh, what really it's an handicap for the Italians because, you know, if I'm Tuscan, but I don't say I'm Tuscan, I say I'm Italian. And yes, some people, uh, you know, recently this guy introduced himself and because he said, oh, you have an Italian name. So, and I asked him, are you Italian? Mm -hmm. He looked at me and was really, uh, I must upset. He said, no, I am Sicilian. And only Sicilia. I'm not Italian. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. You could be anything you want. <laughs> I just ask a question. Yeah, so, well, you know, it, it's funny. I'd just like to mention that, um, like, gr growing up more, like, you know, 70s, 80s, I think in Italy there was still quite a bit of, um, how can I use the right word, uh, uh, the contrast, let's say, between Northerners and Southerners. Oh, and, yeah. Well, and that, and a lot of prejudice, and I think now it's um, it's almost more of a kind of fun thing to make fun of each other. But, uh, yeah, uh, but Northerners love yeah. to go to the south to visit, and vice versa. And it's it's uh, yeah. About Italy, we don't have a bad, uh, ugly part and a good part. It's all beautiful from from the tip of Sicily, Sardinia is a, just an unbelievable. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. Not known as much as other, but you go to all through Italy and you nothing but beauty. Well, I <laughs> for me to say I, that that's not true, but you know maybe I'm just a little bit biased, but uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I have uh, I haven't told you yet, but I'll tell you now. Mm -hmm. At the end of the month, I am transferring myself to Italy. I'm going to finish my life there. Well, I bought it, and I'm going to go over there. And if you ask me why, it's more than a one thing. Uh, it's not the economical side as much as I like the atmosphere. There is more human touch, you know, between people. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, they are your occupation, your job is the main thing. As a matter of fact, even in Italy, they make sort of... <laughs> A joke because they say in in America they don't ask you how are you they say do you work and you have a job and it's probably far fetched but it's true because we we depend totally on uh, occupation we have you know our survival mm -hmm. uh, and uh, besides you know my roots are from there and I have tons of good good relatives. So I figure out, I'm 92 years old, I'm not going to last forever, so I'm going to enjoy my last years there. It's, uh, yeah, and uh, if you want to share, um, you're actually not going to Luca, but uh, somewhere else? No, no, I'm not Very going close. to Luca, because I don't have any more 
direct relatives. My brother-in-law, that was my source when I uh, passed on this past June. Mm, but I have a wonderful bunch of cousins in a, a town in the province of Arezzo. Mm. It's called San Sepolcro. Beautiful medieval time, about 18,000 people. Very, very nice. Very, very friendly. I know the town real well. Been over there um, many, many times, and I have good friends. As a matter of fact, when uh, Piazza Italia was open and they had the flat yeah, there. yeah. Why don't you mention that episode? Yeah. Um, actually, no. I just like yeah. to mention, I was there the the day, the very day Piazza Italia was open. Yeah, I was there because I was good friends with uh, Gino Scatini, of course. And I remember they brought. So tell us about the sbandieratori. What are the sbandieratori? They have uh, three musicians and I think four sbandieratori from the town where I'm going to live, San Sepolcro. As a mm. matter of fact, months and months after, when I went back to visit, one of the guys, uh, my, my relatives, they said, oh, I just want to see Carlo. Mm. He was so nice to us in Porto. And so I'm making more friends even for that. I'm grateful to Gino. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, well, it's, looking back on my life, I have nothing to regret. I I did my army career, I did my post office <laughs> career, I did my individual t uh, touring, which was really very, very successful, and I'm enjoying every day of my life. I always, when I get up in the morning, I'm just looking and say, thank God I have another day in front of me. Yeah. I try to make the best of it. How is it down there in uh, Salem, here in Portland? Uh, I've been without power for almost 24 hours. Uh, here at the no. studio, fortunately, we have power, so no, <laughs> I'm able to do the show. But uh, how is it down in Salem? Well, a very little power outage. I don't no. know the reason. Uh, the weather is about the same, very, very cold, icy and snow. Uh, the traffic is a little bit difficult. You probably experienced mm -hmm. when you came this morning to work. Uh, but it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is very cold. Oh, actually, traffic was great because there's nobody on the road. So uh, yeah. was, everybody's staying at home. Unfortunately, yeah, I was not able to get my usual coffee here next door and uh, uh, next to the station because everything is closed. But good, good for them. I mean, better stay home and safe because, yeah, there are a lot of uh, down trees here in the area. So. Uh, well, how about uh, take a break with some music, and then we'll continue the chat. And I was thinking about uh, putting Il Ragazzo della Via Gluck by uh, Adriano Celentano. And actually, why don't we introduce a little bit of the song? Because this one actually has some interesting lyrics, and uh, you know they, they resonated both with you and, and me, too. Um, well, you know, what, what is he talking about in uh, this song? Um, well, he's talking about this ragazzo, this boy of the, the living in the Via Gluck. That was, you know, the typical street in the countryside with lots of green, and the, the kids were going play ball in, a, in a, you know, in any field. And and then he goes, he becomes successful. He goes to school, he gets his degree, he moved to Milano, mm -hmm. and, and of course he. He makes money, and one day he decides, I'm going back to Via Gluck and, you know, and buy a land and build myself a house. And when he gets over there, there is no more 
green. Everything is cement, uh, apartments, condominium. Uh, and so this is the way that he basically he regrets and he remembers the beautiful days of his youth when he really enjoyed that place. And it's sort of, uh, uh, I think that we all had that experience because, you know, the world is changing. By, uh, the, the, in Italy, we had the fortune, like Luca, that is surrounded by walls, so you really cannot do wall modifications. But yeah, man, I think uh, when we were doing some prep, you mentioned something about Luca that uh, th that you mentioned about the walls. Yeah, you, can, can well, you share? Walls, you know, <laughs> the walls were built for defense back in the fourteen hundred, but it's not that now they are just preserving something. They preserving mm -hmm. what is there, so they nothing changes because you cannot demolish and rebuild. Everything is a Go back to the twelve hundred, thirteen hundred. Yeah. You know, Luca is a head, head of, at that time in the Middle Age. The title of the the silk capital of the world mm. because they were well, China probably had more, but in Europe anyway. And so I remember my mother back in the thirty. I was a little kid, maybe six, seven years old. And she was having these uh, silkworms, and you know, feeding regularly until she sells every year. It was another. You don't make millions; you just make a living. Mm -hmm. Today, Italy is also called—I mean, Luca. So today is called the capital of Europe for toilet paper. <laughs> I'm not joking. I did they not produce, know that. They produce seventy percent. <laughs> Of the toilet paper used in Europe and all in Luca, they started from nothing. I remember when they started with the little factory, and now you have the international, you know, the multinational. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was reading in a local paper in Luca to, a few days ago that they all they bought a uh, a factory in Minnesota, and oh. you know the the Lucchese, this company. So we are not. We're still doing that. <laughs> doing not silk, but toilet paper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So let's. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll have you back in a few minutes. And uh, for now, I have Adriano Celentano with uh, Il Ragazzo della Via Gluck. Thank you. Thank you. Questa è la storia di uno di noi. Anche lui nato per caso in via Gluck In una casa fuori città Gente tranquilla che lavorava Là dove c'era l'erba ora c'è Una città E quella casa in mezzo al verde ormai Dove sarà? Questo ragazzo della Via Gru Si divertiva a giocare con me Ma un giorno disse Vado in città E lo diceva Mentre piangeva 
Io gli domando, amico, non sei contento? Vai finalmente a stare in città, la troverai le cose che non hai avuto qui. Potrai lavarti in casa senza andare giù nel cortile. Mio caro amico disse qui sono nato e in questa strada ora lascio il mio cuore. Ma come fai a non capire? È una fortuna per voi che restate a piedi nudi a giocare nei prati Mentre là in centro io respiro il cemento Ma verrà un giorno che ritornerò ancora qui E sentirò l'amico treno che così wow, wow. passano gli anni ma otto son lunghi però quel ragazzo ne ha fatta di strada ma non si scorda la sua prima casa ora coi soldi lui può comperarla torna e non trova gli amici che aveva solo case su case la trame cemento, da dove c'era l'erba, ora c'è una città. così chissà come si farà non lasciano l'erba they're not leaving grass so this song you know I always wonder if um, somebody who does not speak Italian and does not can understand the lyrics right away can really feel what he's saying in the song because I really feel this angst of not leaving green spaces building homes what what, what do you think uh carlo yeah i i, I feel that it really has a lot of sadness because mm -hmm. it was you know it's like when you you are young and you dream of something and you say hey i got it i'm gonna go and get you know and obtain it and then you get there and it's not there anymore it was just like uh, you know disappear uh, and it's, it's sort of stuck on my mind. I, I listen to it, and every time I got the same emotion. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, this is related uh, to the what we called in Italy cementificazione of the 50s and, and 60s, where they built and well, perhaps overbuilt. But on the other hand, you know, uh, people do need housing. So it's yeah. always, you know, maybe could have done in a better 
better way, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, no, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, you, can, you know, like we say, you can't stop progress. But uh, you go back with your mind, you know, in your mind, and you think it was a better then or you better now. I think we got uh, probably 50-50. For something, it was, it was an easier life for some reason. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's better today. But, you know, with every, every society has its problems and its obstacles that we have to together just to overcome. Yeah, it just came to my mind the Italian saying, stavamo meglio quando stavamo peggio, which I'm not sure if I totally agree. We, no, no, we were better when peggio. we were worse, but I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Stava uh, You're ma, right. Ma, non and lo so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's see. Um, we covered uh, anything that we missed at, uh, about your uh, 50 years here in the United States? 70 years. Oh, s- wait. You were here for... Se- oh, yeah, 70. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think I thought, I've been here for a long time, but I don't think I'll be able to beat that. 70 years, yeah. Wow. Uh, no, I mean, you know, that is all, I have some beautiful experiences, some sad experiences, but not that many. My life has always been... I always try to be straight. I have not... I don't think I ever had enemies, ever, because I respect other people, they respect me. Uh, yeah, some, some not really that uh, good, but nothing big. Mm-hmm. And I always take it with a grain of salt, you know, I continue. I do like uh, Dante Alighieri say, non ti curar di lor, ma guarda e passa. Mm. You remember? I do not. I was not a good student of the Divine Comedy, even though yeah. I didn't have to study at all. <laughs> As yeah. all Italian students in high school, don't we had to any- analyze every single word. But uh, yeah, don't pay any attention. Yeah, yeah, to that. To- Look and continue. That's what I. Always That's good done. advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I try. I I think I have a, a good reputation. Even here, I'm living an assisted living complex. And I, everybody loves me, actually. They always say, hey, can I come for a good glass of wine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, also reflecting on your life, um, I think yesterday when we were talking a little bit, you mentioned something that I thought was interesting, how in Italy you had a group of uh, young kids that came to you and wanted to hear your stories, and they kind of, you know, they started that. It was not like you went out and start telling the story, but actually they reached out to you. Um, yeah, well, through one of my, the son of one of my cousins, he mentioned to them, actually, that I was uh, in my army, I was stationed in Berlin. And so happened that uh, uh, the teacher, you know, they are modernizing the school now, uh, brought up the fact of the divided Berlin, etc., etc. So I was able to give uh, to my cousin, little cousin, uh, a certificate that mm-hmm. I say that I was a defenders of freedom because I was stationed there. Yeah, you mentioned we were stationed in uh, Vicenza and Verona, or more, more Verona, Vicenza. but also Verona, Vicenza, Berlin. If I had to choose. Although I like Verona and Vicenza, I would take Berlin. It was the mm. most exciting 
and rewarding assignment. Of course, I've been all over the world. Well, so back I, then, yeah, I mean, it was still I've been uh, to interesting times to be there in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. No, Berlin was interesting. Then there was a bunch of Italians. So that's when the Italians are making a good fortune. Oh, you went to Berlin so, to meet other Italians. Okay, I get it. <laughs> no, no, just no, kidding. I met them over there. <laughs> I became, you know, after about a month, I knew them. I have friends today that I met them. That's As great. a matter of fact, we are not on TV. I'm wearing a gold chain. We did know the Italian corno, the corno. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wear it, and this was given to me the day I left for Vietnam from Berlin. The guy took it off, removed it from, from his neck, and put it around my neck, and he said, this will protect you. You're mm. coming back. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, so yeah, yeah. you you also uh, served in Vietnam, and um, yeah. well, you mentioned yeah. So let, let's explain maybe a little. It could be fun to explain what the corna, uh, what what it means, especially for the Napolitani, right? Uh, yeah, the corna, but, uh, the corna due vita, e il cornetto rosso. Ti ricordi proprio il corno, il talismano di Napoli. Devi averne uno, infatti. Se, se sono puntate giù. No, quelle sono puntate giù. No, il corno, io parlo del cornetto rosso di corallo. Ah, il cornetto. No, io pensavo le corna a quella mano. Que no, anche quello. C'è, cioè, io ce l'ho d'oro qui, ma c'è anche quello. Ci sono tutti gli amuleti. <ride> Veramente devo dire che ho visto la morte diverse volte proprio. Mm da dire me ne vado e si vede che c'era c'era questa quest, questa catenina che mi ha protetto eh. 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 è andata bene dai Beh, che sei qua adesso che ci racconti tutte queste storie We'll miss a lot of people in Porto and still have a lot of good You'll friends. definitely be missed, but you know, we'll all try to come see you and visit. Not only there, San but Sepolcro. I'm planning to come at least once a year. Okay, yeah. I have yeah. one song, so then we'll have another final, because yeah, time is flying here, it's 9.48 in uh, Portland, and yes, you, you are listening to the Italian Hour on KBO 90.7 FM, and uh, we've had uh, Carlo Manocho starting for a little segment, but I'll so this okay I'll pick one song it's an old song uh, maybe you remember it It's a, but it is a little bit remixed uh, a little more modern sound but it's still a great song and it's Mina with Ancora Ancora Ancora
Io ti chiedo ancora la tua bocca, ancora le tue mani, ancora sul mio collo, ancora di restare, ancora consumati, ancora perché ti amo ancora, ancora, And on the Italian Hour, this was uh, Mina with uh, Ancora, Ancora, Ancora. Today I had uh, Carlo Manocci, and I think... Uh, Carlo, sei ancora al telefono? Sì. Ci sei benissimo, benissimo. Così finiamo, abbiamo ancora qualche minuto. No, allora, volevo chiederti... Fa, va, facciamo in inglese. Right, let's I'll ask in English. I'm curious, you know, you've been here, you mentioned seven years. Uh, how is the situation with the food? I, I know that... Um, Today, uh, it's easy to get Italian food and all that, but how, how has it changed? How, or what, what was it when you first came here? Well, you know, I did, but my experience has not been that great in a sense because at the beginning, I was, you know, within Italian family. So even if it was not the same food of Italy, it was very close. But then our... The, the fact is that what bothers me is when they say Italian food and it's not Italian at all, even invention or new names, you know, or, or um, something that non-existent. And this is one of the reasons, not the main reason, but one of the good reasons why I like to uh, move to Italy because I really enjoy the food there. The food is prepared with uh, care. Uh, you know, they, they want you to be satisfied. Uh, you go to, uh, I talked to some friends this, the last time I was there about three months ago to my hometown, and that was a restaurant. I, uh, the owner now is a grandfather, and when I met him, he was a little eight years old kid, but I know the grandfather, grandfather, and great grandfather. And he, he runs this restaurant. I, I use it when I was making tours of Tuscany because I was taking everybody to my hometown to treat them the life in a little town in Tuscany. But anyway, you sit down and you don't even order. He arrives with antipasto and pastes. And at the end, there are six people, a full meal, from antipasto to limoncello, uh, coffee, uh, liquors, mm. uh, primo, secondo, uh, something, and it was 120 euro, which is about $130. Mm. 
sometime here I pay hundred thirty dollars just for me for something that yeah lately the prices have really skyrocketed. yeah, yeah. Well, the food is a lot a, a lot cheaper there I don't understand why we were supposed to be you know, for them. Well, that, yeah, I think it's a long discussion. Recently, I've been reading something that I always felt like, you know, you go to Italy and, you, well, a little bit, you're, maybe you're on vacation, you walk more, but you end up eating more and losing weight. I don't, that's my experience yeah, yeah. usually. Because, Obviously, because I, you know, I don't have to work there, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it has to do right. with the food supply and... Uh, and well, yeah, I mean, we fortunately, at least in the Portland area, we do have some really good uh, Italian uh, restaurants yeah. and chefs. But overall, yeah, I 100% agree with you. No, no. Well, it's it's not the main reason, but it's one of the reasons I really figure out, uh, especially now that I'm in, in, in this, uh, I call it institution, where, you know, the food is like in the army. <laughs> it's mass produced. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, one chain that furnish every uh, assisted living homes in uh, in 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 America. Uh, it's their job. So you know, it's it's not something that the chef prepare. Yeah, it's, it's already prepared. Just warm it up and add a few ingredients. But that's a, that's a life. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. 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 I want to say uh, goodbye and. Thank you to all the Italian guys, the Italian people in Portland that know me and they don't. Uh, keep the good job going. Stay together because only if you are united, you, we're going to succeed. This is, you know, especially in our society where the, you always uh, use uh, the, I'm Canadian, I'm British, I'm uh, uh, Irish, uh, Italian, German, etc., etc. So keep up. We'll, we'll, to, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try to do that. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, again, thank you so much for helping. Uh, well, me personally, when I had to do the passport, and then everybody else here, I'm sure, uh, either needed a passport, a visa, whatever. Uh, thank you um, so much for all your help. Uh, well, since you only have a few minutes, I just didn't want to mention a couple of events. Well, there are actually a bunch of. Um, Italian meetup groups or um, uh, book clubs now and other things, go to italianportland.com slash calendar and you'll find them all. And also the Italian Film Festival is coming back. It will be in person and it will be around April. So stay tuned for that one. And uh, yeah, di nuovo, grazie tantissimo, Carlo, per essere stato in radio. Veramente è stato un grossissimo piacere. Eh, no, guarda, ti prometto che il prossimo giro che vengo in Italia vengo giù in Toscana e, e, e faccio un giro perché de de devo vedere un po' più la Toscana, dai. E io ti aspetto. Benissimo, benissimo. Siamo a Luca assieme. Ok, sì, e, e guarda, avrei un uh, tour guide eccezionale, guarda, meglio di così non, non potrei immaginare. Grazie, grazie. Va bene, grazie Carlo. Un a tutti gli italiani di Portugal. Ciao e grazie. Ciao, 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 ciao. Ciao, And uh, it was quite a pleasure and honor to have uh, Carlo Manocci from, uh, he was the original consul here, let's say, of the modern era. But uh, let's see, I still have a few minutes. Or not, let's see, 57 minutes. No, because I have a, a recording in the background to back me up in case I couldn't make it. Uh, fortunately, I did make it. And, um, well, again, 
Happy New Year, buon anno, buon uh, 2024. Uh, uh, the radio show, Italian Hour, L'Ora Italiana, will be back in two weeks. And uh, shout out to uh, Paul Roland that did the last two shows. And uh, I don't know, we haven't decided yet who will do the next ones, but we will be back on the air, I promise you that. And ciao a tutti di nuovo, buon anno, ciao. KBU Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBU in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBU Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. The Finance Committee meets on the third Thursday of the month at 5.30 p.m. This month's meeting will be held online through a public video conference. A public link and phone number to attend the meeting can be found at our website at kboo.fm. Please visit our website to verify if a meeting is being held. KBOO Community Radio is a proud media